Hey, what's going on, my friends? Long day at the office. Good day, rewarding day. Fucking tired as shit. I'll sleep like a baby tonight. Ah, let me get that yawn in there. You know yawns are contagious. I'm not talking about, like, COVID contagious. I'm talking about something about that reflex when we see other people yawn. We yawn. That's quite interesting, don't you think? Neurological stimulus, a reflex. Monkey see, monkey do. That's what we are, is hairless monkeys. Driving cars. It's crazy, man. Uh, Some cool snippets I I saved I want to share with you uh, from a podcast I listened to last night. Let's see what we got here. I call them ponderances. Anytime I see something interesting I want to mull over, I call it a ponderance. Save it on my little cell phone application here called Keep. All right. This is interesting. It's a little political, but you know what's crazy is that uh, these you can watch like a podcast or a TV show or whatever the fuck it is these days, anything, whatever form of media it is, print, freaking TV, radio, you're sure to hear a political ad, an attack ad, and sometimes they're back-to-back. It'll be a Trump anti-Biden and a Biden anti-Trump, and this one says... Learn more on Joe Biden's attacks on Catholic nuns at catholicvote.com. Are you fucking crazy? First of all, I don't know what Joe Biden said about these nuns. Um, But I'll say it. Fuck a nun, okay? Fuck you, nuns. I I don't believe that this man, you know... um, has a problem with nuns generally, okay? And I think he's a man of, he's a believer. He's a sheep. At least politi- for political sake, politics sake. He's a, uh, maybe he's, I don't even know what the fuck he is, Catholic or Jewish. I don't care what the fuck he is. I don't care about your religion, my friend. I respect you. And if you got a belief system that doesn't hurt anybody and gets you down the road and allows you to succeed in life and be kind to other people, then that's great. But I don't think that Joe Biden has a problem with fucking nuns. Conversely, I'm not sure of much of the Joe Biden attack ads on Trump either. Now, I think that, as stated, I think that Biden is ten times the man that Donald Trump is, uh, morally, ethically, and his experience and in uh, politics, I think that even though he's guilty by uh, virtue of having been a career politician, I think he probably is probably a good move for us to to uh, for him to assume command right now. I think he's a patriotic guy. I think that he really cares about the country, and he's not as divisive of a force. That's as far as I'm going to go um, from a political standpoint. Uh, this is interesting. Um, listening to this book called Sapiens by Noah Yuval Harari. Say that three times fast. So this guy 
brilliant dude. I think he's an anthropologist. He's talking about how subjective our world is. Now, subjective meaning that, uh, you know, just kind of something that we decided should be a certain way, like we made it up. It's a storyline that we created, which most of our existences are this. It's like we think it's nonfiction, but much of it is kind of fictional. We've just decided that this is the way our society should be. So he calls it intersubjective phenomena and says that history's most important drivers, such as law, money, gods, and nations, those are subjectivities. This is nothing that, it's not like it's factual. We created these things based upon whatever, our, our experiences, our beliefs about the world. Laws. You know, we could say that, well, there's the Ten Commandments and, you know, there's storyline that man, the shared myth that we've created over time. All right, thou shalt not kill. Okay, nobody kill anybody. We're going to write this down in the books. It's agreed upon, and it's a law. You should not kill anybody. You shouldn't cover the neighbor's wife, and you shouldn't, uh, whatever, in the fucking Ten Commandments. I don't even know what they are. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, we came up with these ideas based upon our experiences and decided this is what the law is going to be. And in many cases, maybe there was a consensus by the lawmakers, and they decided, yeah, this is a good one to follow. I mean, a lot of the laws make sense. It's their application where we kind of go awry. Now, money. It's been agreed that, you know, like, if you're a Native American and you do some sort of work or you've got a bunch of horses, well, we can buy those horses from you with wampum. So they use shells, these things that they decided were shiny. They're, you know, we can uh, use them as a currency. So it's a type of currency. Other people will use a barter system. Well, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. So these are subjective um, subjectivities that we decided that we would use. This is our currency. And how about um, religion? It's a subjectivity. You know, a lot of people regard it as fact, but there's no evidence of that. There is quite a bit of evidence, however, that there are thousands of religions uh, existing right now and over time. I mean, there are certainly dozens of major religions that people ascribe to, or a dozen major religions that we can name just off the top of our heads. And these are storylines. Some of them are similar. Many of them are different. Uh, uh, We kind of decided, like, a bunch of people got together and said, okay, this is our common belief. Therefore, this is the way it is. It's a subjectivity. Somebody might ask, well, what what is objectivity? How do we how are we sure of anything? I think the answer is kind of we don't, but science is the closest thing to that that we can find, where we study something and we we dissect it and we determine, well, this is the way this is. You know, that's why I study anatomy and physiology, because it's the relationship between structure and function. This is the anatomy of a heart cell. It's a type of muscle that is linked together with other muscle cells, and they all uh, are electrified to a common beat, and what they do is they contract, and wow, they all hold hands, they can make a heart, and the heart pumps blood, and it distributes it throughout the body. You know, 
This is the structure of a bone. Uh, microscopically, this is what it looks like. Uh, macroscopically, it can make you stand up. It can protect you, like your organs in a rib cage or a skull protects the brain. Therefore, we understand this. We've learned about it from a microscopic level to a macroscopic level. So that's interesting to me when we're talking about intersubjective phenomena. How all these things that we think are so tangible, they're really not necessarily as tangible as, as in reality, they're not. How interesting is that? That this world is like a fiction in some ways. You know, granted, we've, we've been bent the world to our, our, our uh, we've put it into submission in many ways. We've tamed uh, nature to some degree. We've learned a lot. Uh, you know, there is a lot that is tangible, but there's a lot that's not. Some of the major things, as just discussed, they're not tangible. All right, switching gears now. Um, my father's coming to live with me. He's a 75-year-old man whom I have not had uh, you know, a very active relationship with over the past 30 years. Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon, Little Boy Blue and the Man in the Moon. When you come at home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. So, when I was a little boy, my dad was out busting his ass, climbing up telephone poles, fixing your, keeping your lights on. He was a lineman. You know, he was a good dad. We had some quality time together. Uh, he was always there for me. Whenever I fell down, he was there to pick me up. Great guy. Not big on emotion. Not big on telling you how he feels. Um, he's a great guy. He was a great dad. He's got many positives. He's had some health concerns. Him and my mother are at each other's throats oftentimes, too. They got divorced 10 years ago. Somehow they wound up living together again. Propping us all up, taking care of everybody, bailing us out, giving us money, giving us time, giving us shelter, giving us love. And at the end of the day, retirement doesn't look so well. So he's he's had some health concerns. He's struggling a little bit. He needs some peace and some peace of mind and just a place to um, that's warm and dry and, and there's a lot of love around. And he's going to get that with my family. And I owe him that much. And I'm looking forward to maybe rekindling a relationship with this guy. He's a great guy. If you ever get to meet him, you'll, you'll love him. He's a cool dude. Um, and he's my flesh and blood. He's my likeness. He's everything I ever wanted to be as a man, and I'm happy to take him in. We're doing a trial this week, starting this weekend. Told him to pack his shit, my mother to help him pack his shit. He's going to come down, stay with us for a week. We got some room. We'll make more, and he's going to be part of our immediate family. And I'm hoping that there was just, he was been, um, he had a minor stroke of, a year ago, and his faculties, his cognition isn't what it needs to be, but his motor capacity is all there, and he's, you know, you can interact with him, and he's he's just struggling a little bit. 
but I, I'm hoping that it's going to be like, uh, remember that movie Awakenings with Robert De Niro, where it was a certain type of patient that were in comas, and there was a medicine that temporarily lifted their comas, and they were all running around, and, you know, all animated now with a new lease on life. I'm hoping that his coming down here to live with us, and all the the love and, and support that we have in our home, and there is ample, you know, we're we're stressed out, we're struggling, it's like everybody else, we have kids to raise, we have jobs to go to, and bills to pay, and and life seems like it's, it's very stressful sometimes, particularly during COVID, but uh, we've got a lot of positive, we've got a lot of good, and it's so much to be thankful for, and, and we can we can handle one more. So he's coming down this weekend. Maybe he's bringing his dog. And we'll embrace them and give them their space and their prerogative to interact as much or as little as they want. And I hope that it's an awakening for both him and me. And at 75 years old, I'm 45, so he's got me by 30 years. I hope that we can rekindle our relationship and uh, he can get to know the family and can spend the rest of his days in the most positive, supportive, loving environment that we can offer up. That's the least we can do. So, love and respect to all. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>